I know you're paying attention to global events as well as what's going on in our nation. War and increased conflict is bubbling up in more places. Countries are buying and hoarding massive amounts of gold. Why aren't you? It's time to pull the trigger with the Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our head in the sand either. Call Oxford Gold Group right now, and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833-995-GOLD. That's 833-995-GOLD. 833-995-G-O-L-D. When you have health insurance, it's easy to forget about your out-of-pocket costs. That can be a lot of money. But are your bills accurate? Well, it's estimated that over 50% of medical bills contain errors. HealthLock can help you. HealthLock technology securely connects with your insurance and flags any overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. So to save, visit HealthLock.com today. That's HealthLock.com today. Hey, it's Will Friedle. And Sabrina Bryan. And we're the hosts of the new podcast, Magical Rewind. You may know us from some of your favorite childhood TV movies like My Date with the President's Daughter. And the Cheetah Girls movies. Together we're sitting down to watch all the movies you grew up with and chat with some of your favorite stars and crew that made these iconic movies happen. So kick back, grab your popcorn, and join us. Listen to Magical Rewind on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Welcome to today's edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show podcast. There are 50 former national intelligence folks who said that what this he's accusing me of is a Russian plan. They have said that this is has all the care for five former heads of the CIA. Both parties say what he's saying is a bunch of garbage. Nobody believes it except the, his and his good friend Rudy Gianni. You mean the laptop is now another Russia, Russia, Russia hoax? And you that's exactly it. what is this that's where exactly you're what this is going. where he's going. The laptop that, right. is Russia, yes. Russia, Gentlemen, Russia. I want to stay on the issue of race. You okay? have to be kidding. Here Mr. we go President? again with Russia. Trump was 100% right. Not I agree with him. He was, well, of course that, but he was factually correct. And I got to say, when I talk about the damage done to the intelligence community, I mean, imagine for a second, you know, you had five of the most recent attorney generals, you know, both parties all come out and say something obviously false and crazy to sway a presidential election. Um, everybody, I think, would start to say, can we even, can we trust the Department of Justice now? The answer is we can't, but already the answer is. Um, but I just think that what the damage done to the intelligence community was, uh, absolutely immense. Um, and Clay, I, I just, I went back and I, I checked. I, I, and the reason, by the way, we played and we, we got the lines open here, 800-282-2882. Uh, cause yesterday we had said, cause I hadn't heard Trump in a while in any of his interviews. I didn't hear him in the, um, extensive Sean Hannity sit down, uh, Tucker sit down. I'm, and we, and Trump has a look. If he wants to call in and explain to us, by the way, we know that there's some people in Trump world listening. Why DeSantis did a bad job on COVID? We would welcome that. I would want to hear that. I'd like to know. But when he says things, for example, like Florida is the state that he lives in, by the way, and the state that I live in now, really high for crime. I sit there and I say, okay, well, there's data on this. 
And Florida's not really high for crime. It's dead smack in the middle of the country of all 50 states. So I'm just, I don't know why Trump keeps going to some of these issues that we've already said. There are areas where I totally understand the pitch. I understand why people might think he is the only guy or the, the best guy. I get it. Why is he going back to these areas? And if anyone can explain to me, and I, I really mean this, he keeps saying DeSantis did a bad job on COVID. DeSantis is a hero to conservatives because of what he did on COVID. So w- what's the point? Why, why do this? Why gaslight us? I I think it's a really poor angle of attack. Now, you may just argue that Trump is just unleashing a fu- a fury a full fury of fusillade, right? Like he's just going to fire every possible attack. But DeSantis has vulnerabilities, right? I think you can attack DeSantis on the fact that he hasn't been proven on a national stage, uh, that he may or may not be very good on retail politics when he's out There's a political piece today that basically says... He doesn't want to shake anyone's hands and he doesn't like anybody. Now, I think that's, you know, you can make of that what you will, but that's, that is a line of attack. We got a lot of people who want to weigh in already. 800-282-2882. But Buck, I also want to go back that audio that we played. The fact that that now that we know officially, now you and I, and we've been telling our audience for a long time, hey, these 51 intelligence agents, this was set up by the Biden administration to provide cover for the Hunter Biden laptop, which is 100% real, and all of the felonies that are on there. But even if you listen to the way that Biden addressed it, this is why the majority of the American public still thinks Russia was involved in the Hunter Biden laptop. Because not only did Biden lie to the American public in that debate, he also utilized everybody in the media who attacked Trump for even bringing it up as if this was a continuation of 2016 Russia trying to get Trump elected. And to your point, Buck, the worst thing for Vladimir Putin was Donald Trump in the White House because he feared how Trump might respond, and that's why he didn't invade Ukraine. I've never heard anybody on the left, Buck, be able to explain why did Putin do nothing violent towards Ukraine by and large for the four years that Trump was in office. And then as soon as Biden got in, he went and took over Ukraine's because he feared what Trump might do in response. And if you're playing, Trump is the best thing Trump does. No one understands leverage better than Donald Trump. If he gets a fraction of an inch of competitive value on you, He will wedge that inch. He will play that inch. He will use every scintilla of leverage that he has. And Putin was afraid of what Trump might do if he provided the leverage and invaded. And I'll I'll put this out there. I had a debate years ago on uh, Rising with the former Obama administration, Ukraine NSC chief basically the guy at the national security council focused on ukraine policy of the obama administration and i got him to admit at the time that obama didn't want to give because remember the small scale invasion happened starting around 2014 20, 2014 i think it was um obama didn't want to give uh the anti-tank missiles didn't want to give Dragunov uh, sniper rifles didn't want to give some of the weaponry that would really help the ukrainians trump came into office putin's puppet what did he do right away 
sent the munitions that he thought would help in the, at that point, largely stalemated trench warfare, actual trench warfare, because they're digging trenches in eastern uh, Eastern Ukraine uh, against the Russians. So, I mean, if that, if those are the actions of a puppet, Obama was scared to do something that Trump was willing to do. How can Trump be a puppet in that scenario? It made no sense. And they have no answer, by the way, to why is it that Russia was so quiet when Trump was in office? Except they say really crazy things like, oh, it was they were just waiting for like the go the green light from Trump. You know, they yeah. say and say they have no coherent explanation for why things were so quiet with regard to Russia. By the way, again, one this is one of Trump. This is a Trump strong suit. This is where he can spike the football. Andy in Denver, Colorado. It's Friday. Let's let you weigh in. Andy, how do you assess this? Boy, that's a miracle that I even got through to you guys, and I'm glad I did. You know, you just said everything in the last five minutes that I was going to tell you, but I'll just recap it because I just got other people. <laughs> the reason that you got to put Trump in there more than anything is because of the fact that nobody's going to mess with Donald Trump. I like DeSantis. I think he's got a lot of class. Reminds me of a John Kennedy. That's how old I am. But the big difference is with DeSantis, he might do good on a national stage. But, brother, when you're dealing with rural politics, nobody, no country, no Iran, Iraq, none of them, Korea, Russia, none of them will mess with Donald Trump because they know he's not crazy. They just don't give him enough respect. And you got to admit, I'll let you go. All the brightest minds in the world, and I'm talking about the world, have not been able to take down Donald Trump not perfect far far from perfect but there's something about this guy and i know what it is because i'm a businessman here in denver and i'll leave it at that he has a strategy he knows what he's doing there's always a reason my daughter used to tell me when she was alive gone now dad you got a great pitch but sometimes the delivery is poor and that's kind of <laughs> donald trump sometimes i'm the same way you know I look it. again thank you for the call I, I think you know i think that caller makes an eloquent case for trump that when Trump is making a case along the lines of he's the guy and everything else, I, I think that's why, look, why have you been seeing is when Trump talks about the great things he's going to do and the great presidency that he ran, his poll numbers go up vis-a-vis the field, right? More and more people, and they go up against uh, the, the eventual prime, I mean, uh, general candidate, uh, Joe, who we know is Joe Biden, I think now, definitively. So there's clearly a a cause and effect here. I just... Honestly, I don't know if he has the people around him right now to advise him on what the data shows and what the numbers are. I don't know if they're able to, to, to point to him and say, sir, you know, when you talk about policies, I mean, the guy just talked about um, some of his, in, you know, instinctual Trump reactions to things on the business front. I remember, Clay, I sat down with a a true trade policy super nerd from D.C. I interviewed him years ago when everybody was saying everybody in the right was saying Trump's China trade policy was great trade wars lead to real wars remember that the oh, people yeah. would say stuff oh my gosh what is he doing and this this trade policy guy look i'll give him credit his name is derek scissors he works at aei he's just like no everything he's saying is right <laughs> everything he's saying about china trade is correct and everything he's saying about uh nafta that it needs to be updated is correct and there was a bipartisan consensus against him on that issue and he was so right that Biden's largely continue. You notice Biden doesn't get hit on China policy that much. You know why? He's largely kept in place his administration. A lot of the Trump policies on China. So I'm. I mean, we see all the good stuff and all the all the wins on the board too. No doubt, Claudia in uh, Lakeland, Florida. How do you react? Hi. How are you today? We're great. 
Um, I'm sitting here with a Trump 24 sticker on my car, and uh, you better shut up about my hero DeSantis or I won't vote for him. That's what it's come to. He's, he's lying. Um, DeSantis gave us total freedom during COVID. I was stuck in the house for two months. Uh, my work uh, shut me out and made me go home and work from home, and I gained 30 pounds. And I'll tell you what, that man, if he had not done what he did during COVID, our businesses here would be bankrupt. I, look, I, I, I think that on the COVID point, thank you so much for the call, by the way, on the COVID point, Clay. We've said this before. Florida was the bulwark of freedom when every Texas was not good. I remember going to Texas during COVID a lot. Well, in, in, I was in the cities to be fair, but it was not a good situation in the cities in Texas in at the height of, of COVID. So DeSantis's decisions on COVID helped to provide a uh, an antidote to the Newsom era policies. And so it does not register in the state of Florida. Does Trump's attacks on DeSantis and COVID potentially register in other states where people didn't live through it? Maybe. But if I'm DeSantis and I'm up on a stage and I could pick any issue to debate Trump on, I think Trump's got to be careful here because if he throws the punch of COVID at DeSantis, DeSantis has a devastating counterpunch, which is you kept Fauci employed. Oh, like, it's not just that. He he criticized Georgia for opening yep. too soon. Now, there's a lot of murkiness. You know what? Let, let's go back to the lines here, too, because I know a lot of people want to weigh in on this. Is, this is important. It's important for the future of the country that we get all this stuff right, because this is going to play out with 2024 and, and, and beyond. So let's, let's come back to this in a second. But, you know, online identity theft can happen to anyone, and it does. When your information is part of a data breach, you have no idea how it's going to be used. And who's watching out for you? Nobody, unless you have LifeLock. It's important to understand how cybercrime and identity theft are affecting our lives. Your personal information is getting exposed all the time. Eventually, you'll hear about some huge data breach. I just got an email recently. Yeah, you probably had your data you know, now threatened online because of this data breach. So you need LifeLock by Norton. LifeLock detects... Det- detects and alerts you to potential identity threats you may not spot on your own. When they see evidence of your information being in the wrong hands, they get in touch with you quickly to confirm or deny there's a problem. And if you do become a victim of identity theft, a dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. No one can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions at all businesses, but it's easy to help protect yourself with LifeLock. Look, I've been a LifeLock customer now for, gosh, five or six years, okay? I just think you need to have this. Get it set up today. Protect yourself with LifeLock. Join now, save 25% off your first year with promo code BUCK. Call 1-800-LIFELOCK or head to lifelock.com and use promo code B-U-C-K for 25% off. Download and use the new Clay and Buck app. Listen to the program live. Catch up on any part of the show you might have missed. Use your CNB 24-7 subscription to get access to the guys. Find the Clay and Buck app in your app store and make it part of your day. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S., That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. 
That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com news. That's LifeLock.com news to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. Why are people still on the fence about owning gold and silver? I just don't understand. Have we already forgotten about regional bank closures, inflation, global instability, and the potential for serious world conflicts? You can look to precious metals for various reasons. One, having tangible currency on hand as part of your bug-out plan. Two, diversifying your portfolio as a hedge against inflation. And three, historically, gold increases in value over time. You keep yourself informed about global events. You see the increase in conflicts around the globe. Countries are buying and hoarding massive amounts of gold. Why aren't you? It's time to pull the trigger with the Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our head in the sand either. The people with Oxford Gold Group are real pros. They make owning gold and silver simple and easy to understand. Call Oxford Gold Group right now and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833-995-GOLD. That's 833-995-GOLD. One more time, 833-995-G-O-L-D. When you have health insurance, it's easy to think, I'm covered, no worries. Well, not so fast. Remember, your out-of-pocket costs are not covered by insurance. That can be a lot of money for your family. But how do you know you're not being overbilled? It's estimated that over 50% of medical bills contain errors. Unless you're a billing expert, how do you know your medical bills are accurate? HealthLock can help. HealthLock is a healthcare technology company that securely connects with your insurance. When your medical claims come in, HealthLock technology reviews the claim for errors like overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. HealthLock makes it easy to find and fix hidden errors so you pay only what you owe you can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills to date HealthLock has helped its members save over 130 million dollars bottom line insurance alone isn't enough to save visit healthlock.com do it today before you see another health care provider that's healthlock.com Welcome back in. Hour number two, Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. Uh, we hope all of you are having a fantastic Friday. A couple things. Go subscribe to the podcast. You can search out my name, Clay Travis. You can search out Buck Sexton. Lots of cool, unique offerings there. Tens of millions of downloads every single month. You can go join the crew. And we also want to tell you to go find us on youtube type in my name clay travis type in buck sexton go subscribe so you can help us to grow our youtube audience we are trying to be everywhere to allow you to consume our content on virtually every platform essentially type in clay travis type in buck sexton anywhere and you'll be able to find the show we are joined now by ohio congressman jim jordan 
recently back from New York City where they had a hearing to discuss crime issues in New York City where I'm broadcasting this show from today. Uh, But, Congressman, I appreciate the time. Let's jump right into the Hunter Biden mess. IRS whistleblower comes out and says Hunter Biden is being protected by the Department of Justice, Joe Biden's administration. Uh, Simultaneously, we also have the 51 intelligence agents caught uh, rigging the game by claiming that the laptop was Russian disinformation. Where do we go from here? You, me, Buck, most of our listeners have known about this for a while, but it seems like some of these revelations, Jim, are now starting to cut through and even appear. I saw CBS News was covering it. What happens next? Well, I think the reason they covered it, uh, Clay, and you guys have been on this from the get-go, and, and you know that this had an impact on the election. Polling, polling data shows a hundred percent. And if that thing hadn't been suppressed, people would have made a different decision. But uh, we just saw how political it was when we had our deposition with Mike Morrell, um, and the, Blinken calls him. So literally, the, the 14th of October, 2020, the New York Post story comes out on the Biden laptop. Three days later, Blinken contacts Mike Morrell and says, "Hey, what do you think about this?" Morrell starts digging into it. He then organizes, because of Blinken's uh, prompting, he organizes the 50 other people to sign the, the, the statement, which, as we know, was, was, was inaccurate, to sign this statement. They do it for this specific purpose. Morrell said in the deposition, when we asked him the question, why'd you do it? He said, I wanted Joe Biden to have something to use at the debate on the 22nd of that month, and I wanted Joe Biden to win. So it was total political. They all signed it. It wasn't accurate. Biden, of course, uses it. When Biden uses it, I thought the interesting thing was he used it as if it was some organic thing that just sort of sprang out of nowhere, not 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 telling the country, oh, his campaign prompted it. When he uses it on the 22nd after the debate, guess what happened? Steve Reschetti, chairman of the Biden campaign, gets on the phone with Mike Morrell and thanks him for what they did because it was effective. That that is that, that is just how political the whole thing was. But because they all signed it with their title, they all put former CIA director, acting director, uh, the ODNI director, of national. Title, they all had their titles there. It gave it this weight, this this gravitas, if you will, that, oh, this has to be right when it wasn't. And we know it impacted the election. Congressman Jordan's Buck, thanks for being with us as always. Uh, you bet. What do you say to constituents? When they come up to you, as I'm sure they do now, or when they write into your office uh, and they ask you, how are we supposed to believe, given what, what you just laid out, for example, about the intelligence community? I mean, that, that they said the, what was it, five most recent directors or, you know, five yeah. of the recent CIA directors, for example. Given what we know also about the way the DOJ uh, operates, right, and, and, and the justice system in general is operating with regard to Trump versus the Biden family, and specifically Hunter Biden, how can the American people have faith in these institutions? Well, they're they're losing faith, and it's it's what concerns me more than anything else. I mean, our our great country, we can we can rebound from this stupid policies on energy and taxes and regulation, and everything else. But if you if you don't have confidence in your government and your government is systematically destroying the First Amendment, then that is the real concern. That's why our I I think our work is is so darn important, and I appreciate the speaker having our committee focus on this stuff um, because it cuts to what our country is really about, the foundational principles, and that's, that's what's good. But, yeah, people are losing, losing faith. What we're trying to do is show them how bad it was, pass legislation to correct the problem if we can, and if we can't, we're going to have to use the appropriations process. you got to use the money. I mean, that's what the founders wanted. They wanted the legislative branch to use the power of the purse when we need to 
to straighten these agencies up. And that's, I think, where we're going to have to go uh, later this uh, this Congress. Jim, everybody's talking Trump DeSantis. You know both these guys. You have endorsed Trump. What is it about Trump that makes him the best choice, in your opinion, to be president and be the nominee for the Republican Party? He's proven he can take it. I mean, you guys know this. It's been now eight years since they've been on him relentlessly, and I don't think it stops. I think we talked about this a week or so ago. I think they come after him again in Georgia. I wouldn't be surprised if Jack Smith indicts him as well, the special counsel. Uh, it's wrong what they're doing, but I, I just he's proven he can take it. He's told the American people what he was going to do, and when he got in office, he did it. Now, Governor DeSantis did it as well in, in, in Florida, but I just, I just so appreciate President Trump's attitude, his toughness, and the way – it, that that I think foreign powers also looked and respected the strength he projected from the Oval Office. And I think that whole combination um, is why I want him back. And Jim Jordan of Ohio, and you know, Congressman, we talked earlier in the week here on the show about uh, your hearing in New York City, uh, where I was born and raised, mm-hmm. my hometown, uh, looking at the crime issue, and it was honestly really disappointing to see, although not surprising. Mayor Eric Adams say that it was all just a stunt and, you know, all, all the rest of it. This is all politics when they had those the family members and in some cases the victims yeah. themselves of violent crime coming forward. You know, what what was the most important takeaway that you felt that that hearing uh, gave both the people in attendance and, and everybody across the country who was paying attention? The witnesses. The, I mean, the witnesses were unbelievable. You, you couldn't find better witnesses to convey just how how wrong it is when you have these DAs do this soft on crime approach that has been taken by Alvin Bragg and others around the country. I mean, Madeline Brame was, was unbelievable how, how she talked about her son, the way she, she just was tough. And, and you could tell as only a mom can, I, I think I said this earlier, but I learned a long time ago in politics, nobody ever beats a mom on a mission. And she was on a mission to tell the truth and to hold Alvin Bragg accountable and district attorneys around the country in, in, in the same vein. Uh, and then the father of the, of the, the Jewish father whose son was attacked simply for being, go, go, going to an event and, and people attacked him, anti-Semitic crazy stuff that they did. Um, he was powerful. They, they were all, and of course, Jose Alba, who couldn't speak English, but just, we all know what he did, how he defended himself when some punk was coming after him who should have been behind bars. Uh, the power of the witnesses. And then finally, uh, Mr. Holden, who's a Democrat member of the council, the New York City Council, who came there and said, this is, he's lived his entire 71 years in the city and said he's never seen anything like it and is driven by that day one memo that Bragg put out and the crazy no bail policy that the state legislature and, and the governor uh, had passed. Jim, uh, I can't believe that this is where we are, but the House yeah. voted yesterday for women's sports to be made up of women. And and you can correct me if I'm wrong on these numbers. I think it was 219 for the Republicans yeah. and 203 yeah. for the Democrats. Not one Democrat voted for women's sports to be made up entirely of women. You've worked in athletics. Uh, I know yeah. a huge percentage of our audience has kids or grandkids that are involved in athletics. I mean, this is one of the craziest votes I've ever seen. What What did you think as this was going on? No, it, you, I can't say it any better than you did. It is crazy. It's where is common sense? Where is just good old fashioned common sense, <laughs> right and wrong? We all know this is stupid, but that's where the left is today. And the left has so much power on the Democrat. There were Democrats who knew it was stupid to, to vote the way they did, but they did it because the left has a hold of their party. And it's, it's that basic. And what I always find really just kicks me off is when the left always accuses those of us as Republicans or conservatives. You guys are always fighting the culture wars. Like, no, we just, you brought it up. 
you're the one who thinks that that boys should compete against girls in sports, which is just crazy. So we're actually just for common sense. You're the one who's always doing the culture war and then trying to accuse us of doing it. We just want to stand for normalcy. The, the best line ever, I, I, we've talked, I think, about this before, but was after the State of the Union, when Governor Huckabee Sanders, when, when, when she said the real divide in America today, she was given the response of the president, the real divide in America today is normal versus crazy. Yep. And it's true. It is just, we're just for normal, common sense things. They're crazy. Congressman Jordan, before we let you go, I just want to know, we had uh, Senator Rick Scott on yesterday. We're talking about, what are we now, getting close to $33 trillion in debt. We have debt ceiling negotiations or whatever we're calling it, right? The debt ceiling back and forth underway. Does anything come of this? I mean, I I do think that there's a bit of fatigue for a lot of folks across the country with, oh, we're going to fight over the debt ceiling, and then the debt ceiling gets raised. I know, I know. Let's hope so because, you know, and you've all said this, you know this, your audience knows this. Um, we've had record spending, record inflation, record debt. And Joe Biden and the Democrats want to just keep on doing the same old, same old. And it's like, you got to change that. So let's hope we get something. Uh, I'm confident the first bill we're going to send over there, we'll see what they come back with. But what we send over there is good. If we we could actually put that into law, uh, the bill we'll be planning to pass next week that the speaker rolled out this week, um, that would that would put us on the kind of path we need. That would help with the dollar, uh, and, and you know, as, as the international currency. Uh, it would help. It would help in so many ways. But my guess is the the same party that thinks uh, men should compete against women in sports probably does hasn't figured out that we should do something about the ridiculous spending, the ridiculous inflation, and the ridiculous debt. We're talking to Congressman Jim Jordan of Ohio. Last question for you, Jim. Uh, when Speaker McCarthy took over, there are a lot of people on the left wing who said this is going to be an incredibly weak speaker. This is going to be a guy who doesn't keep the job very long. I was looking at the pro uh, the, the numbers. McCarthy's numbers have skyrocketed in terms of the number of people who like him, right? The, the job that he's doing. Yeah. How would you assess the first several months of his speakership? And what would you say to everybody out there? Remember how much attention the fractious nature of the yeah. vote got? Yeah. Sure seems like he's yeah. done a pretty good job as the speaker so far. I'm wondering what you would say from on the inside. No, he sure has. And it's the old rule of politics. I always say we make this job too complicated. What'd you tell the voters you were going to do? If you get in office, do what you said. That's why I like Trump so much, because he did that. That's what Kevin McCarthy is doing. Just this past Wednesday, we passed out of committee a strong border security immigration enforcement legislation. I think it's going to pass the House in two weeks. It will be the strongest immigration enforcement legislation ever passed in the United States Congress. So that didn't happen. That didn't happen under previous Republican speakers. That that happened under uh, Speaker McCarthy. And getting rid of the 87,000 agents, lots of good things we have done. We just got to keep it up and keep fighting because the American people appreciate that because we're doing what we told them we were going to do. No doubt. Have a good weekend, my man. Always welcome here. We appreciate it. Take care, guys. Thanks. Look, uh, we were just talking about this ridiculous vote in the House to protect women's sports. There's an awful lot of guys without any testosterone trying to argue that a bunch of dudes who identify as women should be able to win women's championships. Maybe you think testosterone's a good thing. I certainly wish we had more testosterone in the Biden White House. Do you know the average man has 50% of the testosterone levels of the average man in 1973? Think about that for a minute. Where in the world has testosterone gone in this country? There's a solution. Chalk. 
They make something called the Male Vitality Stack. It's a combination, all natural supplements, specifically designed to improve the energy and health of men. Leading ingredient can replenish testosterone levels by 20% in three months' time. It's all natural. It reverses the ugly trend that we've seen since 1973. It reverses, it would if they would take it, the lack of masculinity in the Biden White House. You'll find Chalk's daily supplements online at choq.com. That's choq.com, 35% off any Chalk subscription for life. When you use my name, Clay, in the purchase price, choq.com, choq, that's chalk with a Q, choq, my name, Clay, for 35% off. Put some testosterone back in your life, choq.com. Clay Travis and Buck Sexton. Chalk up a win for Team Reality. Welcome back in. Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show, Friday edition of the program. We are joined by the former head of NASA, Jim Bridenstine, and I think he was listening some to the show, but I'm just going to dive right into it. Do you believe there are aliens anywhere in the galaxy? Oh, uh, I'm going to be brutally honest. I'm going to say... I don't know, but here's what I will tell you. The probability of finding life, forget about our galaxy, finding life in our own solar system is going up dramatically all the time. So I'll just give you some examples. Um, when I was the NASA administrator, we found, we found complex organic compounds all over the surface of Mars. Those are the building blocks for life, and they're all over Earth, of course, because we have lots of life here, but they're not on the moon at all, but they're all over Mars. We discovered that Mars has liquid water 12 kilometers under the surface of Mars, liquid water. What does that mean? Wherever there's water on Earth, liquid water, there's life. It doesn't matter if it's a raindrop or a teardrop, there's life in liquid water, The question is, is that true on Mars? We don't know, but we need to go find out. We have found out that the methane cycles on Mars match the seasons of Mars, which does not guarantee that there's life on Mars. It could be geological in nature, but but probabilistically, it's more likely to be uh, driven by biology. So uh, we don't know. We haven't discovered it, and I don't want to project too strongly. But the probability of finding life, not just in our galaxy, but the probability of finding life in our own solar system, not just that, but on the planet closest to Earth, that probability is going up significantly. And then when you, when you add to that the fact that the history of Mars, we now know because of the spirit and opportunity and curiosity and ingenuity and all these rovers that we've sent to Mars, we now know that the northern hemisphere of Mars was was two-thirds covered in ocean, which means that in the past, Mars had a thick atmosphere and a magnetosphere that, that protected it from the radiation of the sun and deep space. What does this mean? This means that we know that Mars was at one time habitable, just like Earth. It was, it was like Earth, you know, billions of years ago. The question is, was it inhabited, and if it was, could it even be inhabited today? And that, those are the questions we have to answer. And I think this is critical, Clay, critical. If a discovery like that is to be made, 
It needs to be made by the United States of America and a coalition of our partners because it will forever add chapters to history books and science books. So this is this is a moment in time. It's just like it, like you mentioned earlier, 1969, the moon landing. This is a moment in time where if a if a magnificent discovery is about to be made, it needs to be made by the United States of America. Jim, it's Buck. I, I want to ask you, um, with that in mind, about the significance of the uh, Starship, the SpaceX Starship uh, effort yesterday. So first, I just want to know, explain to everybody what the mission is, why this is such a significant um, vehicle uh, rocket that they tried to put into space yesterday, and and yeah. and then you can assess for us the actual launch itself. Yeah, so there's two big things that's, that are happening right now with Starship. Number one, for the American taxpayer, we have to drive down the cost per mass that we deliver, whether it's to low Earth orbit or all the way to the moon or anywhere in between. We need to drive down the cost per unit mass. And the way you do that is by launching heavy rockets with large volume. And, and, and then you can drive down the cost per unit mass. That's what Starship is all about, and that's going to be a transformational change in how we access space. Uh, so that's number one. Number two, of course, um, when we think about how NASA is doing business, and of course I established a lot of these programs when I was the head of NASA, we want, instead of the government purchasing, owning, and operating hardware, what we want is we want the private sector um, competing on cost and innovation, competing to deliver products for NASA, in this case, deliver services for NASA. So NASA is not going to own and operate the hardware. NASA is going to buy a service. The expectation is we have numerous providers that are competing on cost and innovation, and each of those providers are going to get customers that are not NASA and, in fact, not the government, driving down the cost to the American taxpayer. So if we can do these things, um, ultimately we're going to be able to do a lot more for a lot less um, for, for not just the American taxpayer, but to maintain our competitiveness. I always say, we will not out-centrally plan communist China. We will not do that because we've got lots of congressmen and senators that are more interested in jobs programs in their districts than they are in achieving outcomes for the country. That being said, if we can't out-centrally plan them, what do we do? We need to out-innovate them. We need to out-entrepreneur them. We have to create incentive structures from the government that enable the private sector to do what we know the government in its own will not do. Jim, you mentioned walking on the moon 1969. Buck and I were just talking a few minutes ago. If you were setting the over under on a year into the future when it might happen, when do you think a man will walk on Mars? So, uh, you know, I think it's going to happen in the next 20 years. Um, I will also tell you, and I heard that conversation, and I think that's probably about right. Within the next 20 years, it is about right. Well, here's the challenge. When you go to Mars, it's a nine-month journey. And once you get to Mars, Mars and Earth are no longer on the same side of the sun, which means you have to wait two years before you can come back to Earth. That is a very long trip. Nine months there, two years on Mars, nine months home. So here's what we need to do as a country. We need to start investing in things that enable this to go faster. What, what does that mean? We need nuclear propulsion in space. I'm not talking about anything that's weapons grade. I'm talking about nuclear thermal propulsion, which NASA is now partnered with DARPA on achieving 
And if we're able to get nuclear thermal propulsion, we can drop the time to get to Mars to like two or three months. And on top of that, we can do what's called an opposition class return, which means even though Earth and Mars are not aligned on the same side of the sun, we can still come home. So we can do shorter duration trips to Mars. Um, of course, the, the path to get there is, is shorter as well. Uh, and all of that, all of that is necessary. In the meantime, in the meantime, we have to learn how to live and work on another world for long periods of time. And we do that at the moon. The, the glory of the moon is that it is always with the Earth. Wherever the Earth is around the sun, the moon is with us. It's always a three-day journey there. It's always a three-day journey home. And we learned on Apollo 13 uh, that things can go really bad on the way to the moon, and you can still make it home safely. The moon is the proven ground. We're going to use the resources of the moon, the water ice specifically, to live and work for long periods of time. We're going to take all that knowledge to Mars, and I think probably 20 years is the right time frame. Jim, when uh, I believe it was JFK basically said, we're going to put a man on the moon, it was a major moment to catalyze and bring the United States together. Do you think a presidential uh, candidate, contender, maybe even the president himself, should say, hey, we're going to be on Mars and put a deadline on that? Would that be, in your mind, smart to do? 100 percent uh i think that's absolutely critical um but the challenge is the reason no president puts a deadline on it is because once you have a deadline then people want to know how you're going to achieve it and you it comes with a budget yeah and that but and that budget of course ends up being politically unpalatable and programs get canceled we've seen this in the past with with you know you know george herbert walker bush had the vision for or i'm sorry the space exploration initiative George W. Bush had the vision for space exploration. And if you start if you start putting these kind of things out there, but here's the difference. Even in the last 10 years, back then, it was America alone and it was it was government. Um, now we've got international partners, the, the European Space Agency, Canada, Japan is an amazing space partner. We've got all these international partners. And on top of it, we have this extraordinarily robust commercial marketplace driving down the cost every day for access to space. So I think you could put together an agenda with a date and a budget that wouldn't be crazy. And I think if you did that, what you would find is, again, if as long as you are engaging commercial markets, um, you'll be able to find that a lot of those companies that are going to deliver those products or those services, th- those companies are going to go get capital from, from, from you know, private markets, and, and, and help us fund the way uh, not just to the moon but onto Mars. Remember, not- think, think about how we do communications these days, uh, direct TV. <laughs> Some people have dish network, but you also think about Internet broadband from space. These are all communication networks um, that are, are utilizing space. The way we do remote sensing, uh, national security and defense, the way we predict weather, uh, the, way we, the way we do disaster relief. Um, so, so many things are dependent on space these days. The way we, you know, increase our food supply and 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 uh, and and find energy. All of these things are dependent on space. This is crazy. You know, every banking transaction in the United States of America is dependent on a timing signal from GPS. That's how important space is to the United States of America. We lose GPS, we lose banking, and it's not just true of banking. It's true of uh, the power grid is dependent on a timing signal from GPS. 
terrestrial wireless networks, I'm talking to you on a cell phone right now, dependent on a timing signal from GPS. We are dependent on space in ways that most Americans don't realize, and it's all being driven now by commercial markets, not by government. Government needs to lead the way. Government needs to create a path for commercialization, and that's, that's what we need to do on the way to the moon, and it's what we need to do on the way to Mars. Jim Bridenstine. Jim, really appreciate all the expertise today, sir. Please come back, and uh, we'll talk more about how we can get to the moon. Get to the Mars. I mean, sorry. Get to Mars. We've already been to the moon. Get to Mars. Thank you, sir. You bet. You bet. Thank you. I was like, wait a second, Buck. What are you saying? I I know we've been to the moon. Don't worry. It's the Mars that we still have to hit. The market has been brutal, everybody. Everyone's talking about inflation. It's everywhere. Clay and I recently met with Dutch Mendenhall. Dutch is the founder of Rad Diversified. He's a patriot, loves our military, gives to uh, veterans constantly. Dutch and his team are experts at buying cash flow real estate. They have brought major stability to thousands of investors in the most volatile of times. For a minimum of $1,000, you can access Rad Diversified's lucrative real estate portfolio. Dutch takes pride in ensuring all their investors leave a legacy for future generations. Visit raddiversified.com. Connect with one of their team members to learn more. With Rad Diversified, you can reap all of the benefits of being a real estate investor without any of the heavy lifting, starting at only $1,000. We strongly recommend having a diversified investment portfolio. Rad Diversified can help. All investments involve risk. Consult a financial advisor and read the prospectus before investing. Learn more at R-A-D. That's raddiversified.com. Learn, laugh, and join us on the weekend on our Sunday Hang with Clay and Buck podcast. Find it on the iHeart app or wherever you get your podcasts. Why are people still on the fence about owning gold and silver? I just don't understand. Have we already forgotten about regional bank closures, inflation, global instability, and the potential for serious world conflicts? You can look to precious metals for various reasons. One, having tangible currency on hand as part of your bug-out plan. Two, diversifying your portfolio as a hedge against inflation. And three, historically, gold increases in value over time. You keep yourself informed about global events. You see the increase in conflicts around the globe. Countries are buying and hoarding massive amounts of gold. Why aren't you? It's time to pull the trigger with the Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our head in the sand either. The people with Oxford Gold Group are real pros. They make owning gold and silver simple and easy to understand. Call Oxford Gold Group right now and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833-995-GOLD. That's 833-995-GOLD. One more time, 833-995-G-O-L-D. When you have health insurance, it's easy to think, I'm covered, no worries. Well, not so fast. Remember, your out-of-pocket costs are not covered by insurance. That can be a lot of money for your family. But how do you know you're not being overbilled? It's estimated that over 50% of medical bills contain errors. Unless you're a billing expert, how do you know your medical bills are accurate? HealthLock can help. HealthLock is a healthcare technology company that securely connects with your insurance. When your medical claims come in, HealthLock technology reviews the claim for errors like overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. HealthLock makes it easy to find and fix hidden errors so you pay only what you owe you can even have health lock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills 
To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. Bottom line, insurance alone isn't enough. To save, visit HealthLock.com. Do it today before you see another healthcare provider. That's HealthLock.com. If you've got a military, first responder, emergency medical, or government service background, GovX.com is for you. You stepped up to serve our country and communities, and GovX delivers unbeatable deals that you've earned. GovX.com is the only site built exclusively to honor your service. Members save on epic brands and the gear they need for their on- and off-duty lives. You'll get incredible savings on tickets to live sports events, theme parks, and other entertainment. You can even save on travel, hotels, rental cars, cruises, and more. GovX donates a portion of every order to nonprofits that serve the military and first responder communities. Your orders make a meaningful impact. You can become a member in seconds. Signing up is fast and free. See if you qualify. Visit GovX.com. That's G-O-V-X.com. Use code CLAY in the shopping cart to get an extra $15 off your first order. GovX. That's GovX. Code CLAY. G-O-V-X-C-L-A-Y savings for those who serve welcome back in clay travis buck sexton show we are joined now by dr nicole sapphire she's got a new children's book out that's what families are for i believe is the title i was saw her last night for the sean hannity live show and you told me you weren't on for another week dr sapphire but uh we appreciate you joining us now what led you to write this book we may be about to be joined by dr sapphire buck uh last night uh she was on sean hannity's live show and i gotta say it's good to be back i mean i've been out in front of live audiences for a couple of years now basically with college football but it's cool the vibe the energy that you get from having a live studio audience we are going to be in front of our uh, excellent listeners in the Fort Myers area. That's in right. Just a few days. So we're going to be seeing hundreds of our folks checking in on all of them, making sure that everything's going well with the uh, recovery effort there after that really rough hurricane came through. We want to see our people. Dr. Sapphire with us now. Uh, Nicole, what led you to writing this book uh, and what have you found so far about the kids book? Hey, thanks so much for having me on. You know, uh, to be honest, last year uh, as a family, one of my kids got delivered uh, some bad news from a doctor, and we decided to kind of come together and figure out how can we turn this negative situation into something positive. And it really occurred to us just how important that family unit is. And so we decided to write the book. We have some beautiful illustrations full of a ton of colors. And the message here really is in a time where society is trying to separate kids from their parents and make children less dependent and reliable on their parents. When the goings get tough, that is when the family should be together the most. And so our mission is to remind people of the importance of family and that family should always be cherished. Dr. Sapphire is with us right now and uh, wanted to ask you, you know, when you put this message out there to people, I'm sure for a lot of parents, it feels like uh, they're being undermined a lot of the time. There seems to be more and more institutions that think that they should be in place of parents in some ways. Some of this is even turning into legislation in, in different places. And I'm just wondering how you, you know, what, what words of guidance or wisdom you'd have for the parents out there who feel like 
sometimes, you know, they're handing their kids over to whether it's a school or maybe even some of the medical stuff going on. Uh, their their best interests aren't being held at heart. The parents are having their ideas undermined. Well, in the last few years, I think uh, it has really become shocking at how little control parents are having in their children's lives, whether it comes to receiving COVID vaccines or wearing masks at school or what their children are learning in school or and, and all of the above and everything in between. And But you're starting to see a very subtle movement of parents saying, no, this is not right. The country's going in the wrong direction when it comes to this. And you have people trying to influence their ideologies. And the truth is, these are fads. What will last forever are faith and family. And that is what we need to hold on to. And so parents need to be reminded that family and faith, while things may not be perfect, they will certainly be much better. And I think I implore all parents to do what they can to be more involved in what their children are doing. And again, just to remember that family really is everything. Dr. Nicole Sapphire with us here. Uh, Nicole, you were a prominent voice during COVID to speak out and share the truth with so many people across the country through Fox News. One of the things that Buck and I have talked about a great deal is how many doctors felt an obligation to stay silent and not share what they really believed because they were afraid of the medical mob, right? A lot of other MDs coming after you for being outside the consensus opinion. How scary is it that that was allowed to happen? Do you think doctors would be more outspoken if we had another COVID situation, or do you think there would be another rush to consensus and demeaning anyone who challenges that consensus? And that's a really good question. I can tell you when COVID was happening for the last several years, going on television, I felt like I was walking a tightrope um, to make sure that, you know, I was staying true to my beliefs and what I believe to be the truth, because that is what I wanted to relay to the American people. But I also had to make sure that what I was saying would not upset my employer, being a large academic institution. And when people depend on their, you know, their paycheck from their employers, you know, they are going to continue to walk a fine line. And those large employer institutions, you know, they tend to be more aligned with, you know, the CDC and the FDA, and they don't necessarily question what is going on. So if it were to happen again, no, I think you would still have the same amount of censorship because a lot of people depend on a paycheck. Um, and it's unfortunate that you can't actually have an opinion. And, you know, some of my opinions turned out to be true. I was wrong about some things, you know, but it was an ever-evolving situation. And, you know, I did the best I could, and I'm glad that most of, you know, what I believed and spoke out against that I did get some heat for, you know, they actually did prove true. Do you feel like some of your uh, colleagues in the medical field have been, you know, we would call it red-pilled? Um, they've, they've come around to recognize that the Fauciite false consensus and the way that, particularly under the Biden administration, there was this top-down consensus science, that that's just a dangerous approach? Yes, unfortunately, you, so we saw the groupthink mentality uh, largely, and it was mainly because people just didn't want you to question anything. They didn't want you to question science at all. Um, it goes back to the very beginning when you had, in March 2020, you had that article be published in the journal Nature by Dr. Christian Anderson and a bunch of other scientists. And also, I should mention, Dr. Fauci had editorial rights where they came out and said, 
COVID could not have been leaked from the lab. It was a natural theory, and it was essentially just an opinion article. But they, because they said that they were scientists and people just took it at face value. So people like myself who said, well, hold on a second. There are just so many coincidences here regarding the origin. How can we not question it? I was deemed a charlatan and I had, you know, I had magazines and articles mentioning me, you know, that I was peddling misinformation. And as fast forward, now we see that now actually maybe I wasn't peddling misinformation. I had some friends, I had some colleagues, all kind of turned their back on me. Um, but to, to be honest, not a lot of people have admitted that I was right. Um, I think people are still in that groupthink mentality, and it's a very dangerous place to be for scientists. Just crazy. really is. Unbelievable, Clay. The book, That's What Families uh, Are For, I believe. Let me make sure I get this uh, get this title right. That's What Families That's What Families For. All right, I think I got it right that time. Um, how can people get it, and uh, what would you encourage them to do uh, in terms of sharing it with their own kids, their own family? That's What Families For is the perfect book for any household with children, any mothers for Mother's Day, grandparents. It is a perfect way to come together as a family and a great reminder that family is to be cherished. You can get it at familymission.us. You can also get it at bravebooks.com and some of the other regular outlets that you find books. But the best place to get it is familymission.us. Nicole Sapphire, doctor. By the way, what do you, I said I would ask you this before we went. Buck and I both feel like the obsession with calling Jill Biden a doctor, given that she does not have an MD, is wildly overplayed. As a doctor with an MD, what do you think about the necessity of calling Jill Biden a doctor as well? Well, my father is a jurist doctorate, also known as an attorney, and yep. he insists that he's also a doctor. I so could make the same know. argument because I also have my JD, so I could be Dr. Clay Travis if we want to go down that I mean, path. You could. I mean, maybe we should, maybe we need to elevate medical doctor, but I'll tell you, even in the hospital these days, you have everybody wearing white coats. All of a sudden, being a doctor, a medical doctor, isn't even being a doctor anymore. It's all diluted. No doubt. Uh, Dr. Sapphire, appreciate the time. Have a good weekend, and I hope people check out the book. Thanks for having me. That is Dr. Nicole Sapphire and her book, That's What Families For. Uh, I would encourage all you guys to check it out. Your cell phone bill doesn't have to be as high as it is every month. You can switch from AT&T, Verizon, T-Mobile to Pure Talk. Find $50 or $60 a month in savings. How much difference could that make for you and your family? You know what? They got a $30 plan a month that includes plenty of high-speed data as well as unlimited talk and text. My 15-year-old is on their service. We use it to keep in touch with him and make sure that we know whatever he's got going on with all the different after-school activities in particular. It can be a challenge sometimes to keep track of your teenagers with all that they have going on. We use Pure Talk to help with us. Their CEO, veteran, Pure Talk cares about supporting veterans and our military. In fact, when you become a Pure Talk customer, you have an option to support America's warrior partnership to help prevent veteran suicides. Pure Talk, American company with American jobs. Customer service team is even right here in the good old USA. They make switching easy. And remember, when you switch, you can keep your same phone number and you can keep your phone as well. Here's how you do it. Dial pound 250, say Clay and Buck, 50% off your first month again that is dial pound 250, say Clay and Buck. Start saving now. You don't know what you don't know, right? But you could on the Sunday Hang with Clay and Buck podcast. 
When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast.